Welcome to the Arbitration Station. My name is Ewald Dahlkrist Kullborg. And I am Brian Kodek. We are your co-hosts for another episode of the Arbitration Station podcast covering both commercial and investment arbitration. 66% serious substance and 33% general ponderings and musings on the arbitration world. Where in the world are you, Joel? That's a silly question. You know where I am. I am in Stockholm. <laughs> For the first time, we're sitting across from each other. Where in the world are you, Brian? I'm at the office again at a late hour. But luckily, you're here. And it's been a while since we've been in the same room. So that's nice. Dear old Stockholm. <laughs> uh, just to quickly go over the people helping us operate the podcast, we need to get this out of the way. First and foremost, unlike our other seasons, this season is running on the pure steam of the Investment Arbitration Reporter, also known as IA Report which is our sponsor for season three. IA Reporter is an online service focused on international investment law. For more than 10 years, IA Reporter has offered up-to-the-minute coverage of the new arbitrations, recent decisions, and notable policy developments. IA Reporter's team of expert analysts, including Joel, offer informed and incisive an- an- analysis, as well as investigative reporting on cases and developments that are otherwise confidential. To find out why the world's leading law firms, universities, and government agencies subscribe to IA Reporter, visit iareporter.com. The main editor and publisher, and hopefully a fan of the podcast if he doesn't kill us, is Luke Eric Peterson. <laughs> we should say, though, that I don't actually presently work for I know, IA I thought about Reporter. That. Yeah, yeah. But you said it anyway, didn't you? Mm-hmm. 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 I like IA Reporter a lot uh, because it gives me a shortcut to finding case summaries and analysis when I'm working. It's the best way to find cases very quickly. And I also sometimes cheat when I t- try to pretend like I know what I'm talking about just by <laughs> quickly reading on IA Reporter and then memorizing. I I mean, for the first time in my practitioner experience, we've cited to the IA Reporter as kind of a legal analysis of a certain case development, which I thought was quite interesting, that now it's become a source of law that is considered to be almost a legal source. Um, And what I really like about that is they also have a search function, which is actually a very good search function. So if you're looking for an arbitrator, if you're looking for a specific case, if you're looking for a firm, if you type it into the search function, you get kind of a detailed list of all the cases that an arbitrator has sat on that the IA reporter has covered. And it gives you kind of a detailed analysis of the awards that they've written. So it actually, to me, has been a really uh, amazing resource. And it gives you kind of like cutting edge journalism at the same time. Amen. Preaching to the choir. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a run-of-the-mill episode of Arbitration Station. I think we'll call it season three, episode zero. Basically, it's a trailer, teaser, what's coming up, yeah. what's going on with us kind of episode. Don't forget us. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> what I wanted to say. But we should also say that we are looking for more support. If you want to see your name and lights on the billboard along the highway slash train ride, we are open to accepting more support. And in order to do that, we thought we would open up a sort of a crowdfunding campaign. Yes. 
grassroots organization. Yes, because we know that we have a community of listeners that might be willing to support us. We wanted to check if we could do that. We, With the help of IE Reporter, we, we will probably be able to swing a third season, or at least most of it. But we have some ambitious plans, and we would very much appreciate. Uh, I would, in my case, you have a good salary because you're a business lawyer. In my case, I would say I need some support because I can't keep fork, <laughs> forking out for this podcast anymore. Yeah, if you're a student giving one cent or one order. Very cheap course literature. Yes. By the way, by Joel's book on course literature. Uh, if uh, one cent as a student or $10,000 as a big firm, whatever you can afford in your the change in your pockets would be much appreciated. It would be an indie go-go crowdfunding campaign and the details will be on our website. Yeah, we could already say that yes. it's indiegogo.com slash arbitration station. Exactly. Um, so yeah, if you type in Indiegogo, search campaigns, find the arbitration station, or just type it directly in the URL, you'll find us. And it'll really help us get you know the quality up and allow us to travel around the world to get the breaking stories for arbitration. And we should also say, now that we've properly plugged our proud patrons, that we have some more ambitious plans as well, right? Yes. We are excited to announce that we want to call for help from our arbitration station community. Basically, we need help, and not monetarily this time. Now that we have some funding coming in, and hopefully more, including the crowdfunding help from our community of loyal listeners... We have the wonderful luxury to start hiring some staff. We are in the need of a legal research assistant to help us craft our wonderful segments. If you think you have a couple hours a week to delve into some interesting, hot arbitration topics and prepare coherent and accurate briefs and most importantly be a part of our Arbitration Station team, then please let us know. Just send your CV to the Arbitration Station at gmail.com and we will be in touch. Bonus points if you have any background in tech or editing. <laughs> But it's definitely not required. Yeah, we don't, obviously. So any added benefit would be yes. very much yes. appreciated. <laughs> we also have another update for everyone because we've been invited to record live from another conference. Live, like it's the moon landing. It's not live, is it? <laughs> no, you won't see me jumping on the moon, no. No, it's it's recorded. And the, the conversation is is live. It's not broadcast live and no. like colors. No. No. This time it will be in Stockholm, a little closer to home for some of us. I haven't told you that I might not be able to make it. It might just be you and the senior people at the conference. Dun, dun, dun. I am not a doctor yet. <laughs> I have to finish that thing. But in any event, the arbitration station, represented either by Brian or Brian and me, or both of us, or maybe me calling in from wherever I happen yeah. to be isolated, we will be reporting from the Swedish arbitration days held on the 6th to the 7th of September 2018, which is like a week from this. Right, yes, two weeks. At the Grand Hotel in, in Stockholm. Very, very fancy. Hosted by the Swedish Arbitration Association. If you have not yet signed up, there is still time to do so. They're going to... Uh, well, I guess they're aiming for like a record turnout this year. So it is not to be missed. It will focus on advocacy in international arbitration. And they have some phenomenal speakers lined up from all over the globe. We have the distinct privilege to take a look at the list of participant, participants and 
there are some good names to shake hands with yes. and also to uh, talk on air with, hopefully, Absolutely. for us. If you'd like to register, just visit the SAA, that's the Swedish Arbitration Association's website, at swedisharbitration.se slash swedish hyphen arbitration hyphen event hyphen registration. Boom. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking for a while. <clears throat> and also a little self-plug, Stockholm University is hosting the FDI Moot Court Global Rounds in November a moot that I should have known for years existed. Uh, the university is very excited to be hosting this international competition and showing some Scandinavian hospitality to the rest of the world. The day before the moot starts, however, I will be co-hosting or putting on a one-day conference called Navigating the Muddy Waters of Modern Arbitration. Not only will it be a nice kickoff for the moot, but more importantly, it is going to be commemorating the 15th anniversary of the iCal Masters program. So that again is on 7th of November and registration registration will be coming will be open very very soon. So keep an eye out for that on the iCal alumni website, ICAL Alumni Association's website. You do know that Muddy Waters is a blues musician. Yeah. No, the problem is about, like, uh, water being polluted. So it's, like, kind oh. of a, a hint to the moot court problem. Okay, that makes way more sense than People reference. call me a genius. I don't know where this comes from, Joel. It's not from the puns. <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. It's not from my jazz <laughs> But now the housekeeping matters have been taken care of. Let's talk about what our listeners can expect from season three, where it's just like a... Um, declaration, uh, state-to-state treaty. Whereas <laughs> season one was definitely getting our sea legs semicolon. Whereas <laughs> season two focused on the seat of arbitration and also sent the podcast to Ica in Sydney. Season three, what will season three bring, Brian? Well, we got asked this question a lot over our break at conferences and meetings, and we think we're going to scale back on the interviews and go, besides the SAA conference, and go back to the roots of diving into issues and having a good old Joel and Brian back and forth. So the interviews uh, we do have will be more about interviewing experts on certain topics. Yeah, because sometimes we need people who actually know what they are talking about just to spice things up. I guess. Uh, or about talking to non-lawyers about how they view the industry of and business of arbitration. Because, you know, legitimacy has been a huge topic at every conference. And far be it for us not to chime in. It will not conquer all of season three, but it might add some color to a few episodes. Other potential topics or we could probably say decided topics, include art arbitration, Omarosa arbitration, (laughs) and the Arbitration Book Club, which we will finally kick off. I've been thinking about this for years. Maybe with a jingle. Yeah, a jingle of its own. (laughs) A a librarian-themed jingle. It'll be like, shh. (laughs) Jan, listen up. Yeah, yeah. We need a book club jingle. (laughs) All right, newsflash, uh, we will be changing the format a bit for this season, so don't get on us for that. We will only be releasing episodes once every two weeks. That's right. Now that we're growing and our production value is becoming more of a legitimate operation, we realize... <laughs> you couldn't say that with a straight face. <laughs> yeah, I know. We realize that two, uh, that the two of us actually have real jobs, um, and we need a bit more time that is required to put on a great product, so we think that you guys can hold on. We apologize to our more ravenous listeners, uh, but I think you will enjoy having the same amount of material at a higher level, at a better quality, entertaining you for longer throughout the year. 
Let us know if you prefer this format or the former format, because just like we have to be in arbitration or like the Chinese Olympics gymnastics teams, we are flexible. And as a bonus to our faithful listeners, we thought to end this teaser so it's not just all business. There's a little pleasure. We can have a quick happy fun time topic. What do you think, Joel? Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> That sounds good. <laughs> okay, so Beatus Ahmed Tempus. Oh God. It's <laughs> oh, happy fun time in Latin. Obviously. Oh really? <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh genius. I don't know. Maybe I don't know any Latin, which is something we'll get back. <laughs> if you're a researcher, you'll be doing that for us. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Good plug. This is exactly what we need gifted people for. But. There was a time way back when, before women and Catholics and other suspicious characters were allowed into universities, where Latin was a mandatory part of every aspiring lawyer's education. That's true. Not so much anymore. But since international arbitration is, uh, how should we say, not very progressive, always, there are still some remnants left in our field, and any self-respecting arbitration lawyer must therefore know how some basic Latin principles work. That's I, Ideally also how to pronounce them. Oh, that's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> this, let's go back to the pronunciation station episode. Yeah, with the amicus curiae. Exactly. Curiae, cur- no, that's cur- all over the place, depending yeah. on where you come from and your legal background. Right. But we all have our favorites, of course. Your opposing counsel had a favorite one, do you remember? To the extent that it was... It was it was part of his identity. Do you remember this? We talked about this in the first season, I think. Uh, oh yeah, Pactus in Savanda. Exactly, the <laughs> Pactus in Savanda kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. I don't feel that strongly about any Latin maxim that seeps into arbitration from time to time, but I do feel strongly, uh, or at least moderately strongly, about a few other ones. Uh, do you have any favorites? Favorites? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, if we're talking, like, just the mundane favorites. Yeah. Like, I love an inter alia. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, that's 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 a minimalistic. Yeah. I like a arguendo. Oh. I like a bona fide, de facto. Yeah, the de facto de jure Mm -hmm. uh, sort of distinction is good. It's like de facto incorrect or something. You know what I mean? It's just like a, it just is more punchy. Another one, et sec, is Latin. True, and Ibid as and well. And Ibid. Uh, <clears throat> but etsec, the reason why I like etsec is because if you're citing to a range and you get a little lazy about finding the end of that range, yeah. you just find the first paragraph and etsec it. Yeah, rather than saying, <laughs> and also read the rest. I, <laughs> exactly. did, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thirty Paragraphs 33 to I don't want to scroll. Yeah, yeah, that's good. With, with some Latin, you sort of spice it up, and it, it, yeah. it is immediately more formal and sophisticated. Those are, I would say, like some of my go-tos. But if we were to put Pactas and Savanda on one end of the scale as sort of grand maxim, I think you are very much on the other end of the scale, i.e. the yes. small, very uh, nuanced, not-so-broad no. Phrases. Okay. You don't have any, I don't know, any maxims that evoke the Roman Empire and the grandness of the law that you like. No, probably because my legal background is not based on Roman True. law. True. Common law versus civil law. Maybe. Once again. I actually asked uh, our Twitter followers. I don't know if you 
know this or followed or yeah yeah you did you see people no (laughs) joel the beauty of the podcast is that they don't see my facial expressions (laughs) brian was basically shaking his head back and forth okay no so we got some interesting answers actually um for example our our loyal listener maxim mentioned the kuvadis arbitration which is a book by peter sanders Mm -hmm. the, the architect behind the ancestral rules and the Maybe also the ancestral model. Also. I think Maxim seems to have the same relationship to Peter Sanders that Taylor St. John has with Aaron Brokus. Oh, okay. I, he idolizes him. <laughs> and I don't even know literally what quo vadis means. I guess where where is it going? Oh. This we really should have researched. <laughs> I'll do that right now. Keep going. Yeah. So that's the title of a book from, from the late 1990s by Peter Sanders, uh, which is a good phrase to use. And you see it all the time, don't you as well? Cool. Who cool. we are. Who are arbitration, of course. Jesus, ah. okay. I hope my Latin studying wife doesn't listen to this. Oh, but Kovaz's Latin phrase means where are you going? Yeah, so that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So I was right. You were right. More or less, yeah. There was no answer to the question, though. I, I asked Maxim back on Twitter, so can you summarize in Latin what the answer is to where is arbitration going? But there was none. <laughs> we also got a, a response from Quantum Boy, Michael oh. Cotterley from Freshfields in London. Doing, he Michael? suggested cogito competent, ergo sum competent. Oh. Which is either a clever way of expressing... I think I'm smart, therefore I'm smart. Yeah, or competent. I thought it might have been, you know, the competence competence, but a more elegant way of expressing right, it. Right. Or it could have been a very good, good uh, professional advice, i.e. fake it till you make it. <laughs> uh-huh. But I mean, I would never use that in a submission. No, probably not. Right. Maybe Michael does. What does he know? <laughs> yeah. Signed at the very bottom. is, <laughs> Or in like when you're pleading in front of a tribunal and they're like, why is that the case? And you're like, cogito, obviously. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. I have a favorite phrase, which is a good bridge to mention something. Uh, that is uh, liber amoricum, which I think means book of friends, more or less. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, which is what you publish typically or sometimes when an esteemed academic or arbitrator retires, you get a Liber Amoricum, a Festschrift in, in German. Joel, <laughs> you're blowing my mind right now. Festschrift in yeah, Swedish. Got right? it. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy writing. Yeah, so now we, we said it in Latin, German, and Swedish, which should cover <laughs> at least 60% of our listener base. Right. <laughs> which is a good thing. And there is one such, Libera Morgum, to Pierre Carrer, a Swiss arbitrator who yeah. retired like a few years ago, that Patricia Shaughnessy, who was on the podcast, edited. And in that Libera Morgum, Kai Hobier, for whom we both have worked, actually has written a chapter, I guess, which is called Latin in International Arbitration or something like that. I bet you didn't know this. No. Or even look it up. No. No. We need a researcher. Exactly. Hang on, I'm just going to open this second beer. In true form. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that that is, if you're interested in Latin, it's good because Kai obviously knows a lot of languages and I get the impression that he he studied Latin and he also mourns the way Latin is sort of slowly uh, disappearing from the language of international arbitration. It is essentially uh, an essay written in English, but half of it is in Latin. So it's incomprehensible to most people in our generation, wow. frankly. I can recommend that if you're a Latin buff just to learn some more. <laughs> and he mentions, for example, 
the ex equo et bono. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. That's a good but one. But that's like in all treaties and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So if uh, the parties have not chosen the applicable law, the arbitrator can can uh, decide ex equo et bono, right. meaning <clears throat> uh, with his own discretion. Basically. It's also in the Incitral rules, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that was that was on one of mine that I that I had, and that's that goes into language and treaties. I think is still used a lot. So um, you know, rationé materiae, rationé personae, sui genres, jus cogens. Like all of these are like typical ones that you could find. <clears throat> but clearly, we approach this differently, which is why this podcast is so fun. Because I looked at it, at, you looked at it obviously as a as an academic, and I looked at it as as a practitioner because I wanted to talk about using Latin as a form of advocacy. Um, oh, interesting! In your writing and in your pleading, when people whip it out, what's the effect? Um, and in the writing, I could kind of see it, right? Um, but then again, I I only for me personally, I would only appreciate like a quick one, like. Uh, you know, a de jure de facto type of situation or like ad hominem if you're crazy or ab initio, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would never say like inter arma enem silent leges, which is like all is fair in love and war, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I would never use that. And I think the problem is, is that when you use it, if you use like a, a bigger maxim, you're, it just looks like you're showing off. And then you inevitably have to explain it in other words right after because in this in the situation yeah. where the arbitrator yeah. doesn't know this long maxim, uh, although you're expressing your superiority, you're losing your reader. Yeah. Then I started thinking about why we don't have this as much and why we don't use these practicum servandos all the time or why does it sound disingenuous? We being... Practitioners. Uh, and then I thought... So I was like, I was reading up on it and Latin and just like you call it, it was maxims. And so if you get into legal maxims, it really goes to like the fundamental essence of what the law is based off of. Right. So it usually in like property law, it's like or or, um, you know, uh, the unclean hands doctrine has a Latin maxim to it. Right. So it's like you can't benefit from your own wrongdoing. Yeah. Those type of legal maxims are so basic and fundamental that if you're getting into like a level of pleading that is a bit complex on certain facts of the case, no legal maxim is going to get you anywhere, right? It's just going to say like... Probably true, but it could add some gravitas, like, you know, even the old Romans had a notion similar to this. And right. Yada, yada, yada. But, right. but you, have, you don't have to actually say that in Latin, of course. <laughs> well, they, I mean, and people do. Um, and I think that goes back to your background. But I, unless you're talking about like property law or fundamental ideas of doing business, a legal maxim just seems really out of place, in my opinion. But yeah. I'm also, are we millennials, technically? Yeah, I think by so. definition. Yeah, I yeah, I I looked I looked it up. I can't remember the exact definition, but I remember that I was on the wrong side. I I, I am millennial, <laughs> and you're like one year older than me, so. <laughs> so we have like hashtag de facto instead of saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. That's like that's what I found. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, if I've learned anything about advocacy, tell me from you, basically, it is that you should not introduce any obstacles to your message. You just pick the the quickest route to the point, rather than Absolutely. confusing people along the way. So, so stick to the established ones. The lex loci arbitri we all know about. But right. Don't go like quoting nine word sentence. Right. The lex contractus of this. Case. It's like well. Okay, but it's the applicable law to the contract. 
Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, okay, what are, what are you really getting out of that? Mm, I don't know. If you think that every statement that you make in front of a tribunal is kind of like a sword in your battle, what are you getting out of using a legal maxim or like a Latin phrase? Well, I guess in theory, imagine that the arbitrators are all like Oxbridge educated old school classic scholars who did three years of Latin and Greek before they even started practicing right. law. Would you be more open to, I don't know, in order to see more persuasive to show that you also mastered the roots of the legal system? Right. No, you're right. Really? But I well, <laughs> no. surprised. And this <laughs> this is another thing that I researched, Joel, and you're gonna laugh. Uh, I remembered a great movie, a great law movie. Um, called Legally Blonde. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the only law movie I ever saw. <laughs> and here's a quote from Legally Blonde, okay? L goes, First of all, I would like to point out that there is no proof in this case, but there is a complete lack of mens rea, by definition, tells us there can be no crime without a vicious will. And then the judge says, I'm aware of the meaning of mens rea. What I'm unaware of is why you're giving me a vocabulary lesson instead of questioning your witness. Mm, good right? judge. And that's kind of how I feel... Yeah, you just yeah the same. Then I I don't I don't have the quote, but I remember uh, we talked about the Good Wife. Yeah, there's a spinoff that I think we also talked about the the Good Fight, and in the Good Fight, which is a running commentary on what's going on in the U.S. now, uh, it's I think that there's a judge in a court in Chicago who's been appointed by Donald Trump, and he clearly doesn't know anything. That's part of the point that they're trying to make. He's just some figurehead who was appointed, and he barely went to law school. So the main protagonist of the series is trying to throw him off by just using a lot of Latin phrases so that he feels inferior right. and has to side with her. But that is typically uh, not the case with your average arbitrator. They are, of course, way more sophisticated and you can't impress them just by your use of res judicata or mens but it, rea. But it's exactly what, that's exactly my point, though. The only reason why you're going to use a Latin phrase is to show that you're intellectual, intellectually superior. But sometimes you have to. Because there is no res judicata equivalent. No, that's, in, in, yeah. You have you have a pretty large number of legal concepts that exist only in Latin because we still, even if you're a common lawyer, you still get a lot of stuff from, from Roman law, essentially. Right. So sometimes you have no choice. But I see your point. But let me ask you this while we're at it, because there's a lot of imported Latin phrases in English. Do you conjugate them in English or in Latin? Because I've noticed, for example, just to, yeah, 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 yeah. I see your confused face. <laughs> so I say one forum, several fora. Oh, I yeah. think you say one forum, several forums. No, no, no. You don't? No, we say fora. Okay, we. Once again, are you <clears throat> the practitioners or uh, the Americans? Jews from Los Angeles? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I can't speak for all of America. I'm sure like people in Alabama, no offense, would say forums. No. Yeah, and criterion criteria is another one of those. Yeah, yeah. So what's the rule here? When when is a Latin phrase established enough so that you sort of incorporate it into English grammar rules, and when is it still something you have to conjugate in Latin? The plural is always conjugated, as far as I know, unless you can think of something else. Mm. Uh, Clearly, we need better research. But <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of one. No, you're. I was thinking about that as well. Like. Uh, Latin phrases that have made it into the English language. And we definitely, say, like form non-convenience, we use a lot. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't have a plural form. Oh. Let's crowdsource this and see if yeah. if any of our more annoying listeners will come <laughs> back and remind us. And also, listeners, what are your favorite Latin phrases with arbitration relevance? You can tweet or email us. And if you 
also contribute enough to our funding campaign, we'll rename the podcast after your favorite Latin phrase. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the perks of the crowdfunding campaign we should mention, is that you will get mentioned on our website. That's right. Um, and depending on how much you put in, I could be bought. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I was actually joking with the Latin phrases, but there are, they are all good. Forum Non-Convenience is an amazing name for a legal podcast. So is Res Judicata. That's Should we just change the name? Yeah. But it doesn't rhyme. <laughs> True. No, let's stick with the arbitration station. And let's hope that you, dear listener, will also stick with us as we embark on season three. Do we have a set date for when we publish the first? No, we don't. September sometime. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, any Tuesday soon in September the first proper episode of the Arbitration Station's third season will be up. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.